Are you ready to launch your new year? Are you getting your vision out there? Are you fired up for this new school year or are you a little hesitant? If you're hesitant or even if you're not, even if you need to like fuel the fire more, like just pour some gasoline on it. These are the episodes for you. Like this is another fired up PBL showcase where I'm going to drop a leadership episode that I typically do because we've got so many success stories happening in the classroom, in the trenches, doing the work. Share this with your teachers because these are the ones where you can get people fired up about project-based learning. Like if your vision is to create a student-centered environment, if you want kids to be purposeful, empowered instead of passive and apathetic, this is it. This is the direction. It's all about project-based learning. I'm assuming that's why you're here. If you don't want those things, you're in the wrong place. Like we are here to change education, to change the world, because we believe education is the vehicle to make the world a better place. The vehicle to make the world a better place. This generation will be affected by the education that it receives over the next 12 years. And it's a big deal. If it's passive, they're going to be passive. If it's not solution-oriented, it's problem-oriented, they're going to see problems and just complain about it. But if we can teach them to collaboratively solve problems, they will see problems and seek out solutions. And that's a big deal. That's how you change the future. That's what we're here for. If you're brand new to the PBL world, this is a great place for you to be. Like if you're a visionary leader, we're going to help you lead your building. If you're a teacher, we're going to share stories so you can hear them. If you go to whatispbl.com, whatispbl.com will give you a free resource and you can differentiate that by building leader or by teacher because you you need very different things, right? And if you're a principal, you can go ahead and get the teacher download, right? Like all those resources are still there. We just want to curate them so that you can get exactly what you need. These are tested resources. You aren't getting what we were using 10 years ago. You're getting like iteration, gosh, I don't even know, version 82.2 because this has been through so many revisions because we've done it in the classroom with real teachers, boots on the ground. You want a group contract? These are the group contracts that people are using right now all around the country. And they're going to work in your classroom too. They're going to work in your school too. I don't care if it's rural, suburban, urban. I don't care if you're big or small. This stuff works. It empowers kids. And it works with all your other initiatives within here. It's the instructional model that makes things happen. Your teachers will be teaching the way they've always wanted to teach. And this PBL showcase is going to show you that. That's what the PBL showcase is, is for. If you didn't tune in last week, we had Joe Steele, a high school teacher, like fired up about the work that he was doing. And Joe was so vulnerable, he actually went through a PBL showcase, a PBL unit he was actually in the middle of. It wasn't even really reflection. It was like in the middle, it was like, it's this feed, uh, what do I call it? Feed forward process. Like we're in the middle reflecting about how things are going to be awesome and how we get them there. Such a great episode. This is another good one. We've got Cassie Alpine on today, elementary uh, PBL facilitator, and she's a rock star. So I think you're really going to appreciate this episode and I think you're going to want to share it. Thanks for tuning in. Well, PBL Simplified audience, thank you for tuning in for the second Wednesday, which is always a PBL showcase. And this is a time for us to talk to a PBL facilitator who's in the classroom doing the work. And we are gonna have her break down one of her PBL units. So we've got Cassie Alpine today from Indianapolis. Uh, she's at an elementary school, one of our, our model sites here at Magnify Learning. So super excited to have Cassie share. Cassie, thanks for being with us today. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So everybody gets the first question, whether you're a guest or a showcase, whatever it is, the question is always, what is your why for being in education? 
Uh, well, my biggest why is always that I'm a parent and, you know, it's my kids. So I have a daughter going into kindergarten. She's a preschool this year and my son's in second grade. And I just always want to be the teacher that I want my children sitting in front of. I want to make sure that I'm a model teacher and that I'm doing everything I can to help my students because that's what I'm hoping that my children's teachers are doing for them. I'm, another part of my why is seeing my students who struggle and maybe they're not interested in learning become invested in learning and love school, love learning. And I feel like PBL has really helped with that. A lot of my kids are getting interested because they are doing PBL. So part of my why is really because of PBL, it's helping me get more students interested in school. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the perspective of, I want my classroom to be an awesome classroom that like I'd want my daughter in, right? Like that's right. That's yeah. a great benchmark. Well, I'm trying to get my admin license. And part of my why, I think about my daughter, my son in school. And I think if I can impact a larger community, I can impact more students then. I know that my children will be getting that good educator. I know that they'll be learning from, you know, people who care about kids because I'll be able to influence more students, more teachers. And so really me becoming an administrator eventually is part of my why as well, to still help my kids and help even more children. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's I think that resonates with our audience, right? Like visionary leaders, visionary teachers, like we want to help more and PBL seems to be that vehicle. I always tell people like, if there's another vehicle that does this, like I'll jump in. Like right now, project-based learning is just doing amazing things in classrooms. Um, and yours, I, I love your heart for like, hey, let's spread this, right? So if I could be an administrator and spread it to a full school, I'd love to do that. So today we're talking about elementary project-based learning, right? So you're in third grade. And what, what PBL unit do you want to talk about today? So I have an annual PBL unit. It's kind of like an animal or like homeless animal awareness event. And so it kind of changes every year because, you know, when we added in PBL, it became more authentic. So it's changed so much. Um, with it, our third graders started off as like a high ability project nine years ago. And it was just my high ability kids working on this project. Like we're going to get some donations to help an animal shelter. But we added in PBL and now it's real, it's authentic, and the students are driving it, which is leading to those changes. So, you know, it went from a doggy donation to now we're helping a shelter that had a fire. So this year we're helping Rosie Southside Animal Shelter. And we saw that in the news, their supply barn caught on fire. They lost all of their um, cleaning supplies, uh, their washer and dryer. And they have been having to go out to do all of their laundry. So my kids were thinking, we want to do something to help replenish their cleaning supply. It's not about getting them the dog food. So we started off the, um, the whole PBL unit with our entry event. We read the news article because we were like, this is a, a shelter we've had to help in the past. Like, we haven't talked to them since before COVID. And the kids were like, we need to help them. So it became authentic right then. Yeah. And then um, they reached out, we're writing emails to them, and I was reaching out beforehand. And so as soon as they read the email from them, I came back the next day. I was like, they saw your email and they're here. They want to talk to you. So then they came and uh, 
shared about the fire, about the shelter, the things they need. And the kids were taking notes, asking questions about how they could help. And, you know, the PBL's really taken off. Um, so part of it is, you know, when we start making this PBL, we're really using our nose and need to knows. And a lot of the kids, because it was so authentic and it's happening as we go, they are coming up with really good questions. They're like, I need to make a letter to send out to the community to ask for money, or I need to make this poster to make sure that everyone in the school knows what days and where to put everything. Um, what well, I love that, uh, Cast, I'm going to interrupt because uh, there's so many nuggets that you just shared right there that we've got to we've got to pull some of those out. It's so good. So I like the progression of PBL that you kind of talked about. Like it started as this, but kind of held on to this idea and it changes and it morphs and you know, people will ask me, like, well, Ryan, like, what's inquiry mean, right? Because we say inquiry is a big deal in PBL, right? You want kids engaged. And I always say it's more than a bell ringer. But what I hear in your PBL unit is like the inquiry is like when the kids say, right? The kids say, hey, we've got to help them, right? Like, so like they kind of lean in. And they're curious about how we do this. Uh, and one more thing, and then we'll see where you, I'd love to have you jump in and tell a student story or kind of keep going with this is... I think it's a, a high level teacher move of like your third graders are going to reach out with an email. You're going to get an email in there first that just says, Hey, animal shelter. My kids are going to be sending you some emails. I would love for you to be ready for those, to respond to those. Is that going to work? And they say, yeah, sure. We'd love that. But that it's just a pro move to say one email just ahead. Because otherwise emails get lost, right? They go to spam or... And you don't want your third graders to just get crickets when they send something out. So it's, I think it's a pro move to just say, hey, these are coming. So get ready. Yeah, I feel like, and that's something, you know, reaching out to those community partners before, like when you know that a project is coming up to make sure that a lot of them are ready because you don't know which ones. Um, I mean, and we had another project where it was a dental one and I met several dentists at this activity down at Indianapolis. It was the rookie run. And I met these ladies that were work at IEPY and they were even saying like, oh yeah, we'd love to help you out. But to make it really authentic, I had all the kids research different dentist office that were locally, different colleges. Like they were all like, oh, we could ask these guys, these guys. And so then they all sent all these emails out. But then I knew IEPY, they were the ones who were going to respond. I was like, Doe, your email, look, they sent us something back. They're going to donate some toothbrushes for us. So I think like what you said is having that partner, but then you can have everybody writing emails and actually sending them because they did send all those emails. And we actually ended up with several community partners with that because of all those emails. So now we have yeah. even more for next year. Yeah, that's so good because uh, I, I like that they're sending emails to everybody too because the reality is if you send out you know 30 emails, you don't get 30 responses, right? Like that's just how the real world works. Mm -hmm. There's a good message in there, but I like that we're also kind of priming the pump a little bit. We've got some friendlies that are going to be able to send some back. Right. So in the, in your, your animal shelter PDL unit, uh, did you have some students that really grabbed onto this one? Do you have some student stories that we can share or like who jumped into this? Well, um, every year I always feel like the kids really look forward to like, oh, it's time for us to work on the PDL. And I feel like it's almost like different areas. So this year, I have a lot of high-ability students who are really strong in math. And I feel like a lot of them have, like, 
one little girl has been saying, we need to go and figure out how much room we need in the gym. She wants to go measure all the tables, figure out the area and perimeter of the tables to make sure that we have enough room in there. And so I feel like, you know, she's been really interested in making sure she there's enough room for all of third grade to fit in there and to make sure that it's safe in there for all the animals because we, we've found so many community partners who want to come and help. We have our school's therapy dog. We're going to have tails and trails coming and they're going to be like helping to like teach kids about fostering animals to help the shelter. We even have another um, shelter that's going to have bring kittens in that people could adopt. And so the kids are very like, I mean, this little girl is so focused on, we got to make sure these animals have enough room and they're not hurting each other and that kids who are allergic, no. And I feel like they have just jumped on. They love it when we are talking about the project and they instantly are engaged. Whereas sometimes this little girl is like, it, when we're not doing a PBL, when we're in between projects or, you know, we're doing I learned, she's not paying attention as much. So this is one of those ways that just really gets her engaged. And she even says, I love this time of day. This is my favorite part of the day. So, yeah, because I mean, I don't fault it. Like, I love the idea that like she wants a why behind her learning. Right. And mm-hmm. the PBL gives her that opportunity. Like, sure, I know perimeter on the page, but I want to talk about perimeter in the gym. Like, yeah, what what a win, right? What a win. I know. And it's like they can use those numbers to figure out how much room we actually have. We can use that information. And we we really do need to figure out how, how much room we're going to need because we're going to have all these people in there. So it it'll be nice to do that on Friday and go into the gym and figure out how much room we really need. Um, but there's a lot of other things. Like the kids are just really... I, I feel like one of the hardest parts is adding in the math portion. Writing and reading are so easy to make PBL because you can find any article, any story and say, oh, we're learning about a perspective. We're learning about, um, you know, this shelter we're researching and doing informative writing and persuasive writing. But adding in the math portion, I feel like, is where a lot of us struggle. And so I feel like well, adding that piece in and having the kids do this, like, as my next step where I needed to grow is really making it more fun for us too. So it's been really nice this year because it's always been hard for me to do that. So, yeah. So you did find a place to put math into this, into this one. Is it, was that the perimeter and the gym and those ideas? Yeah. So they're doing perimeter with that. They're also, you know, figuring out how many items that they want to have for the goal. So like if each class is going to bring in 50 items that we're going to reach our goals. So we're going to give an incentive for that. So our kids are, we're we're bringing in multiplication, division, area, perimeter, uh, fractions, because we're going to be a later step. We're going to be talking about adding in um, different measurements outside. And I know if we need to get to two miles around the school for like walking around to try to raise money, that we're going to have to figure out each fraction of a mile around the school. So we've been adding in so many standards that I never really thought of could be part of PBL, but really they all just go so perfectly with this unit. Yeah. And I think if you find a really authentic idea, then all those standards that maybe sometimes are tricky, like they have a place, right? And sometimes, and sometimes we need to look with a careful eye, right? Like you could, it'd be easy as adults to look in the gym and say, 
yeah, things are going to fit. We'll put the dogs over here, the kittens over there. It's like, but if you really want to figure out, you would use math, right? Like that would be an authentic way. And it sounds like your learners bought into that, right? Like they, it does feel authentic for them. Yeah. They are so excited. And they, I think that's part of it is that authenticity is that they know that their work means something and that if they're not doing it, then we could have an issue. So they got to make sure it's a, they do it and they do it right. Yeah, that's right. If, if this doesn't get done, then there are positive things that will not happen, right? If, if they don't do it. So uh, I love that they see the importance of their work. And, y- and you said they're so excited. And we're, we're talking about school, right? Like they're so mm-hmm. excited about schoolwork. Like that is, that's a big part of the work is we need our kids to be excited and engaged and then be doing the rigorous work that we're asking them to do, right? Because it's not like you took time off from all of your standards to do this. This is, they're excited in the middle of a, a standards-based rigorous lesson. Yes. It's exciting. So you, you mentioned a little bit, um, you know, it's not all roses, right? Like getting the math in, sometimes that's difficult. So you have to work through that. And you did. What are some other things that you might change if you were to, to do this PBL unit again? I think some of the things that I would want to change were bringing in more more of the whole school. I feel like you could ask the fifth graders to do part of it. One thing I wish that I could do is I have a running club that I'm also coach of, and I wish that there was a more time. I mean, really, it's always about time. Like, how much can I fit in in a day? How much time do I have to plan? And I wish that I had enough time to add in, like, I'm going to have my running club, you know, try to figure out a way to raise money and get donations. But because we don't have that time, we aren't going to be able to make as big of an impact as I know the kids wanted to. So I wish that I would have started it before spring break. And because then we could have had that time to be able to do everything. We could have a, a run. We could ask for donations for money from more people from around the community. We can get more community partners involved. So it, I feel like that's always the biggest part is changing that time. But I mean, as a teacher, I always wish that I could have, you know, more time for CFG because, yeah. you know, as the kids are working, they give each other such good feedback. And I sometimes wish I could do them like after every single lesson, like, okay, now let's look at your work. Now we're going to go through and let's give each other that critical feedback. What do you need to add? What do you need to add? You know, and do it in the protocol. But, you know, if I'm spending 11 minutes after each little activity, um, again, that time, not on my side. I wish I could do it after every lesson because when I do it, it's so impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Critical friends groups are super important. Like love the tuning protocol. Uh, when students are giving students feedback, like we know a lot of learning is happening. Uh, but I'd also just affirm, Cassie, that you're doing really great work and you did really great work this year. And yes, you want to do more, but make sure you stop and celebrate like the great work that you're doing. And, you know, uh, you said this one's kind of a perennial, meaning that you could do it again next year. Maybe it's with a different group, but there's some authenticity that still comes with it. You know, maybe you can add those things as you go. Because as you mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast episode is like things have grown you know, sequentially each time. So uh, sometimes uh, I, I've got to stop and affirm that you're doing great work because high flyers like yourself, they're like, oh, I could have done so much more. If only I had 28 hours. And it's like, oh, you're, do- you're doing really great things. Your kids are engaged and 
you know, just, just make sure you celebrate the great things as well. Well, thank you. We're, we will definitely celebrate at the end of the year when we have, so we're actually going to have our big event on May 5th at our school in the gym. So if any community members out there would like to come adopt a cat or a dog, they could come out and you can adopt kittens that day. And I don't know. We could walk in with no kittens and walk out with kittens. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's so good. How do you guys celebrate? Like you mentioned, you know, you're going to have this big event and it'd be really exciting for the whole school, right? Like I'm sure there's going to be an energy and a buzz. What does it look like for you guys to celebrate maybe at the end of a PBL unit or even as they come to the close of a year? So I usually let the students kind of decide what it is they want to do to celebrate. So um, one year we let them choose and they decided to have like a puppy popcorn party. So then they got to eat popcorn and like bring a stuffed animal dog and watch a movie. Um, This year, it's so far near the end of the year that we usually do these theme days. And so I've been telling them, you know, if you guys are working really hard, you know, because you're like, you know, my employees and you're you're making some posters. And if you're doing all your work, we're going to have this great celebration. And one of the things we're going to do is we always do a camp day, a glove day, beach day. So in my classroom, my whole classroom theme, if you can see behind me, is glow theme. So we're going to black out all the windows and have a glow day. And everything will be with highlighters and glow sticks and dancing. It'll be really fun, but it'll still be, you know, standards based. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that stuff's all good. Like you're building culture, right? And that's really, really important. Like PBL needs to live within an, an exciting, affirming positive culture that's where it just thrives best i think at southport elementary you all do a really great job of that uh and so you know don't don't be don't be ashamed that you're building really great culture right and be, <laughs> and the standards are happening like you guys have you got you have great results like you're, you've, there's rigorous work happening there and it goes mm-hmm. beyond the academic standards that your kids are doing and it's because of these additional events that your learners can strive and, and do those additional things so just really appreciate all the work that you all are doing there at Southport Elementary. Anything else you want to share in in that vein on this this PBL unit, Cassie? Well, I feel like this. I'm really excited. And one thing I I feel like I I don't know if you remember, but about five or six years ago, we had an interview, and I was brand new to PBL. I didn't really know too much, and I was doing this dog project, and I was like very worried. I was like, I don't want to lose my project. I think I'm doing PBL. And I was so nervous to try it and to add all of these other elements. And I was like, I'm already doing it. And I was able to get encouragement. And then when I did add the PBL portion in and I got my teammates help, like it has just become so much better. So I just want to encourage any teacher out there that's feeling nervous about trying PBL or feeling like, you know, I do projects already that by adding in PBL and adding in those authentic, you know, pieces of PBL where the kids are making the choices makes such a huge impact. And I know it can be scary at first because you feel like maybe you're doing a lot more work or maybe you're not sure where it's going. And maybe your kids are, you know, you don't think they could do it, but they can do it. They will learn and they will learn so much more. And It'll bring you and your team together and 
it just makes that great culture that I know that we all want in our school and we know we want our kids to be in that atmosphere. So I'm so glad that I get to be part of PBO and glad that I got to meet with you and and how much my perspective has changed. Yeah. So excited that our paths have crossed and just watching your progression as a, as a facilitator, as a PBL facilitator specifically. Uh, I'm glad we got to share that today. I've got one last question for you. It kind of goes in that vein. So Magnify Learning, our big goal is to have 51% of schools using project-based learning by 2051. That means the majority of learners would, would have project-based learning in their classrooms. So what do you think the world would look like if the majority of students were graduating from authentic PBL environments? I think we're going to have people who listen to others, who really uh, try to listen to help each other. They are collaborative. We're going to have people who can solve real-world problems when they're out of school. They're going to be doing all of these careers that we're showing them and be successful at them and be able to work with other people. I think a lot of us sometimes are, you know, arguing. We have a lot of people who don't get along and they're not listening to each other. But if we can just get everyone's perspective in or get each other's ideas, share those without interrupting, you know, like in our critical friends protocol, and then give honest feedback, then we're going to have people who help the earth fix the problems and are successful in life. So I really think that PBL and that authentic learning can help us get along better. There you go. That's, that's such a good answer and such good work that you're doing in your classroom, Cassie. Thank you for coming on today to share that. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, PBL Simplified listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another PBL Showcase. This is a great one to share with your fellow teachers. If they are kind of hesitant to jump into PBL or maybe they think they've already been doing it, like you can hear right from Cassie, like that's part of her journey. And now you can hear that she's not going to do it any other way because she sees that our learners uh, are being curious, they're being engaged, and they're super excited to be doing this really great work that matters in the world. So continue to tune in to PBL Simplified Podcasts so we can help you engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classrooms. Go lead inspired. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the PBL Simplified Podcast. I appreciate you. I'm honored that you tune in each week. Would you please take two minutes to leave a rating and a review? When you leave a review, it lets the next person know that this is a podcast worth listening to. When they go into their player and search project-based learning and PBL Simplified popped up, when they see those reviews, they know that high-quality visionary leaders are listening. So they tune in too, and they can find their way into the PBL journey. Thank you so much for leaving a review. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you.